You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Kapow, the pop culture podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. Yep. You're in the dark. Cool. Why Why is this so dark in your house? Oh, night out. <laughs> Because he knows patrons have access to the videos of these Zoom calls we're making here during quarantine. That's he's what becoming self-conscious mm-hmm. <laughs> of, his, of his Zoom persona. I didn't have lights on last time either, I don't like. There are lights on the other side of the kitchen. So, it's yeah. All about, it's all about, all about the ambiance. That's right. I was telling these guys just a few minutes ago when we hopped on for everybody, all the patrons out there. If you hear a bunch of traffic flowing, uh, it's because I'm I'm in my garage right now. So the lights are flickering. There's cars going by up and down the road. I don't know what's happening. So I'll try and keep it down as low as possible. I think Weezer made a song about that once. <laughs> no, I don't get it. I'm a Weezer fan. I, I wouldn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Firing on all cylinders tonight. That's right. Boom. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> so we are back. Uh, we wanted to talk some comic books tonight. Uh, there isn't a whole lot going on in the comic book world. Things have screeched to a halt like most of the rest of the world. Um, have you guys used the time to catch up on anything or read any any books? Um, I bought a couple thinking I was going to read them. I haven't read them yet. But... Well, you haven't had the free time that the rest of us have. So you, you're, you're still working. Well, I bought, but I yeah, I got I grabbed that uh, quiver. Isn't that the name of it? I read yeah. it years read it years ago, and I saw I. They had absolute real cheap somewhere, and then um, uh, what was the other one? Oh, Day Tripper came out on Absolute a couple weeks ago. And like I really like that. I need to get that. Yeah, that's a good. I book. was gonna read them, but <laughs> yeah, I, I finally still- caught up on Saga. Yeah, so I was. I read it monthly for the longest time. And they would do six issue arcs and then take a break. And, and so I I thought this will probably read better as trades. So I'll just it, wait till the trades come out. It is the number one comic for that. Yeah. It, it is a hundred times better to just read it all at once. But I thought I would do that. And then I got behind and it's like, I, I don't have time to read a whole trade right now. So I my thinking was skewed because I, I don't normally I'm not a trade waiter by nature and I need to kind of keep up on things as they go. But I hadn't read the last, I think, three volumes worth. So I was pretty far behind and I knew there are some spoilers out there. I didn't want, you know, I, I had avoided for like two years. So I finally yeah. I was like, I need I need to read. I want to finish it, but I need to just restart it. 
to catch up on on everything and remember it so i read from issue one all through and excellent uh yeah very very good stuff i think the only thing i noticed i, I think it because there's so many different characters and everybody's weird and all if you read it monthly or wait more than a few months and just jump back in the middle you're like who is this person even yeah. uh, you know yeah. The only detriment I think to reading it all at once is it seemed, I think, as I recall, there's a lot of deaths and it seems like a thing. It's like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, that's the cool, cool thing that's going to happen in this arc. This person's going to die and then yeah. that person's going to die. Like, okay. But yeah, it definitely seemed it. to move because it's, it's an epic saga it go you know it, it's it's the lifetime of this character but it seemed to move so fast like even the stuff like i didn't love when alana the mother like left the house and joined the the circuit yeah. and got hooked on drugs and all this stuff it's like that to me in the in the monthlies that seemed to last forever in a tra it's like half a trade it seems right right it's, it's a very small part of the story yeah so get over it <laughs> yeah yeah, there's a lot of time spent with the characters apart. That's you know, and the especially as a monthly reader, it seemed like, you know, I like these characters. I want them all to be together, hanging out. I like the Star Wars movies. Like you want them all to be interacting, but it, it's, it definitely reads a lot better in trade. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, there was an announcement for an upcoming book from a friend of ours. The Kaiju score was just announced from writer James Patrick. Did we see that announcement? The what? Kaiju score? Dear, dear friend of ours that we follow all the news about. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the Hollywood Reporter, my friend. Oh, oh. Uh, I haven't got the mail to that. Mm -mm, me either. <laughs> Rainy out there. Coming from Aftershock Comics. While you're out there, Cliff, out mm -hmm. in the garage, you just open the door and get my mail. <laughs> sure. <laughs> November 25th, Aftershock Comics. It's a book called The Kaiju Score. Uh, the artist is Rem Brew, and the writer is James Patrick, a local fellow. He, he, he's a friend of the podcast. He's been on the show before. He was one of those live shows we did. He, he popped on, I think. Oh, man, he should have been in... Uh... Which quarantine house is he in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and thank you to all the fans who uh, flooded our inbox <laughs> with replies to what house you're in. I, I expected no less. <clears throat> uh, so it's it's very the high concept is it's like a Quentin Tarantino movie or Ocean's Eleven. It's a heist movie taking place in the corner of a Godzilla movie. So it's like a crime noir. These guys have to rob a place, but they use the cover. The, the city's being attacked by a giant kaiju rising out of the ocean, right. and they use it to pull off the perfect score. Oh, okay, that was like good to me. Yeah. So uh, James, uh, he's been he's mentioned this story to me for many years. It's one of those ones that's like always been on the back burner. He's mm. always wanted to get going. Uh, finally, found the right artist for it. And got it set up at Aftershock Comics. So, yeah, you look like a psychopath, Cliff. You're, you have no pupils when you do that, and it's very weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Cliff's changing his uh, 
the background. I do a green screen with a gray screen and yeah. a soulless it's a bad, demon. It's a bad sign that Cliff's bored already and playing with the Zoom function. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff has checked out already. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then like it, it, the news broke via the Hollywood Reporter, which is a international huge yeah weight magazine in my mailbox so yeah could be a could be a big deal here Hmm. maybe we'll get james maybe he would deign to zoom with us closer to the release we can get the scoop on it oh my god yeah how 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 much longer are we going to be doing this forever (laughs) i will never see you in person again (laughs) it kind of feels that way i keep like Laying stuff here, I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to give this to them, or you know, I was, no, I'm not. I, I think yeah. I'll give this to them on Friday, and I'm like, no, I still won't see them. I think I will. My yeah. brain says I see you, right? But I can't hand you anything. Right. Well, Jordan and I are going back to work this coming Tuesday for Indeed. us as we record this, and uh, uh. We probably should have brought this up at the beginning of the episode, but whatever. Jordan, you sent us a picture. You built yourself a bubble. <laughs> I have a bubble. <laughs> at the store. I'm the boy in the plastic bubble. Yeah, so w- next time when you go into Asylum Comics, for the, I don't know, time being right now. You go in there, he'll play Trivial Pursuit against you. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> Oops! <laughs> But yeah, I was like, "That's a pr- that was that was some good engineering, though. You you used things that you already had for your framework, this shelving unit, and then did you just use like plastic wrap? Yeah, like you know, you go to a grocery store or whatever. A lot of them have the plastic screens up to protect people. It's like this is where I will be from the foreseeable future. I sit behind that counter. Right. People walk up to me and are. You know, less than six feet from me to get their comic books. So I thought you have the glo- do you have the gloves that come out of the front? Yeah, that'll be like the next add-on. I'll keep I'll keep like increasing it. <laughs> that would be get, awesome. That'd be it'll amazing. It'll get taller and wider, and I'll put stripes on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little yeah. jealous. I got to go back Tuesday. Um, you could like stand it, reach through, and like and then slap somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I get to go back Tuesday too to my store and uh you know all I have are like the masks and the gloves and I don't have a I need a bubble. I need mm. a barrier there so but I I think that would be that would be tough at, at my store. Yeah, I, yours I, is a little, I, little bit different. I don't get to I don't get to stand behind a counter um very much so. I also bought a roll of uh like saran wrap like mm-hmm. plastic wrap stuff i'm gonna cut it in little squares to put on the debit card reader yeah i've already punch their, they punch I've, their numbers I've, in throw it away yeah i've already done They're that touching my debit card yeah all the um all the uh the beds at my store that have the the power bases i have i've wrapped all the remotes in like saran wrap um yeah. or plastic wrap and where i can just rip it off throw it away put some more on there and stuff like that yeah i've done all that too so I've I've got my floor all taped up and all that ready to go. So retail in Ohio opens back up May twelfth. Yeah. So this is a weird time. We're all adjusting to the new reality for the foreseeable future. And I just I wanted to talk about comic books and the comic industry and how they have done it 
as dysfunctionally as possible, like normal. Because it's not, you know, every, this is, every industry has to do this. The movie industry shut down theaters. You know, everyone has to change how they're doing business. So it's not a unique story. It's not, you know, the comic industry didn't do anything really different. But I want to just kind of get it out the timeline just for my, you know, I, for my own uh, mental health. And a lot of people have asked me a ton of questions. What's Marvel doing? What's DC doing? You know, how is this going to work? So I thought if I just tell it all once now, <laughs> I can let everyone know how this is working as of right now. That's a pretty big assumption that you're assuming yeah. they're all listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, I can send them a link and say, just uh, check this timestamp. All right, so if you uh, remember, garage light went out. I know. <laughs> I can't. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's back on. Man. <laughs> oh, it went, I don't know what's happening. I have to you're check the connection. Yeah, I think your kids you get are your bucks you. worth. They're flipping the switch. <laughs> you get your dollars worth on this. On like this, it. on the Patreon only video. I, 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 you keep talking. I'm going to go check a check a switch. All right, so <laughs> if you if you remember. Seems like ages ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Uh, this all kind of started. We didn't know what was happening. The weeks were kind of slipping by. We didn't know how bad it was going to be, who was going to hit, how fast. So it all sort of happened slowly, you know, from like the beginning of the year, January, February, March. But then it all happened fast. Like everything shut down really fast, it seems like. So like... Comic-Con started postponing things. Uh, Diamond canceled the retailer summit that all the retailers are supposed to fly in to, to have. So they canceled. That was the first thing Diamond did. They canceled that. And they said uh, some of our warehouses might have to be slowing down or might even have to close some. So uh, your, your, your direct shipments might be affected. So anything you place, like a reorder you do, you may not get it in the, in the normal amount of time. It may, there may be some delays. So that was the first bit of news is like, yeah, this things aren't normal right now. Like uh, things are getting serious. So Diamond, to assuage our fears, they sent us this email that said basically, hey, we're doing our best. We're winging it. We're figuring it out. We're playing it by ear. Let's Let's do what we can. So, knowing how soon Free Comic Book Day was, they said, oh, well, everyone around here, they've already, you know, they're canceling cons, they're canceled South by Southwest, they canceled, you know, uh, Coachella. We're not going to be able to have these huge gatherings. No matter what else happens, that's the one thing we know is not going to happen. So, we're going to not, instead of postponing Free Comic Book Day or letting you cancel your orders and just not do it, because you're definitely gonna you're definitely gonna buy everything you ordered. We're doing free comic book May, where you can give away comics throughout the month of May, however you want to. And then within a couple days, they realized, well, you know, May might be just as bad everywhere. It might be even worse than May. So they just canceled it and said free comic book day at some point. We'll do it later. So as of this point, there is still no date when they're doing free comic book day, how they're doing it, what will be available, if all the things they've already advertised will be available. We just we don't know right now. But free comic book day has come and gone. Oh, it's the first Saturday of May, and it was a very weird thing to see all like the Facebook memories pop up in my feed and all the 
you know, pictures of years past and all the costumes we've had and all the events and things. And like me sitting at home on the first Saturday, maybe not doing anything. It was a very, it was a very odd weekend. Yeah. And no movie to go to. Right. Black Widow was supposed to open that weekend. So I, I, you know, I'm trying to do this all in chronological order, but I may mix up a few of the details here. But so this is when it starts happening kind of fast. And we all realize how serious this is going to be. And it's going to affect some stores. Because certainly, you know, California closed a lot sooner than some other places. If you remember in like New York and Washington, California, they were all hit really hard at the beginning. So immediately, Image Comics comes out, sends an email, says, hey, what can we do to help? Let's 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 figure this out. We're going to slow down production. We are going to offer returnability for the next couple of months. We're going to do this. We're going to have charity like image right out of the gate was, you know, full steam ahead. We're going to save this industry. And then a couple of smaller companies like Boom and Vault, like a couple of tiny companies did the exact same thing saying, hey, we're going to do some variants to help you the you know the sell you know help you with your sales we're gonna do all this stuff for the help and the big companies were waiting for them and we don't hear anything now obviously a smaller company can maneuver there's fewer pieces they're not part of a giant billion dollar conglomeration <laughs> they have to run things up the flagpole and talk to Ike Perlmutter and you know figure out what they're doing but they're they're a little more uh, maneuverable but it was just crickets from Marvel and DC and some of the other ones and diamond as well. So, uh, we get the email a couple days later, finally from Steve Jeppy, the CEO owner of diamond. And it was the most generic thing. We're confident we can get through this by working together. The comic industry has been through dark times before. We'll figure it out. This is in the midst of stores closing, you know, no one knowing how long we'd be out, what was going on. And it was just the most generic sort of work hard, chin up everybody. And it just, it didn't, it didn't sit right. So Marvel comes out and says, okay, guys, here's what we're doing to save industry. We're going to up your discounts. So like I got 15% extra on anything I bought from Marvel for like the next month. Woo. Well, I haven't placed an order for a comic in a month. It did no good. So it was, yeah, it was literally just days before basically every shop in the country closed. Marvel's like, well, if you want to order some stuff, we'll, we'll make it slightly less expensive. That was their industry fix. But they at least said something. DC had nothing. And if you remember, did you guys get emails from every company you did business with? Um, no, but a, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like my most bank, of them. My bank sent mm -hmm. me an email saying your money's safe. Don't worry. Yeah. Right. You'll be able to, you'll be able to do drive through and you'll be able to do this. The pizza place said, we're doing delivery guys. Don't worry. You're not going to go hungry. Everyone, every, every email, every company my email was with was sending me assurances that mm -hmm. the business, we're going to figure this out and we're going to do this with concrete plans. But like the industry, <laughs> I rely, you know, it's not, comics are not essential. You know, these are non-essential businesses, but 
there's 3,000 accounts around the world that rely on comics. Right, it's a a bazillion-dollar industry. Right, right. So there's just nothing. And it's, you know, Diamond's a monopoly. There's only one company you can distribute comics through. So it's not like we can kind of come together and figure like if they, whatever they're doing is what everyone's doing. Like we just, we had to just wait on diamond to tell us what we're doing. And it was very, very frustrating when things were moving so fast and we're getting different news every day, along with the other stress of the illnesses and the virus and, you know, the, the big picture stuff that was happening. Um, so they finally said, okay, if, if you're a store that's closing, Email this address and you can we, we can halt your shipments. Which I assume, you know, I've always wondered, you know, a place where a hurricane hits or a tornado, you know, there are comic shops involved. Like I, I never knew what they would do because, you know, comics ship every every week. You know, there's a constant stream. Like I didn't know what the, the, the protocol was for stopping shipments, but they, they apparently are able to do that. And they said, if you need to cancel, we can halt your shipments. So a couple of days later, uh, March 23rd was a Monday, and that was the last day I was open because we're in Ohio. Our governor said March 23rd is the last day non-essential businesses are open. So that that I think he said it on a Friday. So we had just a couple of days to sort of sort of figure things out. If my memory's correct. yeah, that sounds about right. So I get in there first thing Monday, send to my customer service rep hey i need to halt my shipment well there's a shipment due on tuesday he's like well we can't halt that one it's in a ups truck somewhere but everything after that will get canceled or at least it will be held said okay and again we had no idea this this would be a two-week thing a two-month thing we we just didn't know at that point so before that monday was out diamond announced as okay there's not going to be any books starting april 1st so that week, there were still comics in the pipeline, but the, the week after that, for the foreseeable future, there's not going to be any more comic books from Diamond. And like I said, if it doesn't get it through Diamond, there's nobody else to get it through. So they just screeched the brakes on everything and, and halted all comics. So, uh, so yeah, I had a shipment due that Tuesday. So I, I was they, I'm supposed to be closed. I was, I was actually at the store waiting on the UPS guy trying to track them down which didn't actually happen. They halt, they kept my shipment at the depot, assuming I wouldn't be there. And I went there assuming they would, <laughs> assuming they would think I would be there. Uh, and then there was a, the previews order was due that Thursday. So I was sitting there both Tuesday and Wednesday working on this previews order, ordering comic books for a month from now with no clue <laughs> if I was going to be open, if the comics would ever come out. So I'm just ordering I'm completely estimating, like, maybe I'll sell two copies of that. Who knows? So it was it was just throwing darts at the wall trying to figure out these orders. So, yeah, my first two days off work, I spent all days at the store. Uh, so, yeah, everything just stopped. Diamond shut down several of their warehouses, especially on the East Coast or in some of the bigger cities. Uh, the printer stopped, so no one was printing comic books. Artists, you know, it's, it's just a dominoes. Artists were told, put your pencils down, stop stop writing and drawing new comics because we're not going to pay you for them. So just, you know, again, like every industry in the world, every everything stopped. So and that next week or so was 
kind of heartening to see. There was a there was a nice rallying cry to like help out. There was charities sprang up. Uh, like you know, Jim Lee was doing a sketch a day, auctioning it off for charity. Um, people were raising money in different sorts of ways. Uh, some comic pros were like paying off people's pull lists randomly at stores around the country to like help infuse a little bit of cash in the comic store. So there was a, a neat, you know, we love comic shops kind of uh, fervor sprung up and, uh, and a new Facebook group started uh, it's a private group, but it was, there's like thousands of people involved called plan C distribution. So it was immediately like, well, without diamond, we need to kind of, join together and figure out what we're doing. So it was for retailers, comic pros and publishers to kind of mingle of like, Hey, if anyone has books, how can we get them to you? You know, if stores want to trade between themselves, like I've got a lot of stock on this, we can trade for this. So for that first week or so, it was a really valuable resource. There were people on there, like you know, a former diamond executive was on there. Dan Didio popped in there. Uh, I remember several comic pros, Matthew Rosenberg, uh, uh, Eric Powell, like uh, some, some bigger name people like, Hey, how can we help? What's, what's going on here? And it was, again, it was a very neat resource and it was a, a way to like compare and contrast because we were just looking for news. We, no one knew what was happening and it's not, you know, this kind of stuff's not being covered on CNN. So it was just, you know, it was bleeding cool releasing the news of what's happening like or, or can we actually like talk to each other and figure it out so it was really helpful there was nothing in the hollywood reporter <laughs> it escaped their notice that day but uh and then it just sort of became because it realized there was a bunch of retailers who do mail order or a lot of stores are still open around the country there's not every state closed their closed their stores or doing curbside and people were kind of mad at diamond like hey we're open we want more comics so several of the retailers wanted more comics several of them said no i don't want anything i have no money i can't i can't order new stuff so then it became sort of there was some diamond bashing and then it became overrun with hey i'm a creator here's my kickstarter and it became like small creators advertising i might get in a store i'm no one else has comics here's my time to shine so then it just kind of became I'm a mailman. Yeah. It became, <laughs> I didn't mention anyone specifically. <laughs> I thought of that earlier when you said nobody was printing. I was like, I bet somebody was printing. <laughs> now, Michael K. Easton, our friend and uh, self-publisher, showed great restraint because he is a member of 10,000 Facebook groups and will spam all of them, but he didn't He didn't spam this one as far as I know. <laughs> Um, so then we had the comic hub debacle. There was chatter and again, bleeding cool. Tomorrow there's going to be news. Comic hub is going to save the industry. I said, oh no. What is comic hub? Well, comic hub, I don't believe it's even active yet. It's still in beta, but it's a, a, a app that you can, and it's a good idea in theory, where people can digitally keep up with their pull box, basically. 
You can log into the app and say, I want these three issues added to my pull list. Take this one off and it'll show you what's coming out next week and all this stuff. So it's a way comic shops have to subscribe to it and then their customers can add their digital pull list to it. So it's basically, you know, without pen and paper, having to go to the store to change to change your subscriptions, you can do it all online. I think that would really encourage people to, I bet that increases sales. And the book. idea is there will be like previews for the books. You can click on them mm -hmm. and see what's going to come out and you'll get samples. So yeah, it, but it's, it's not in wide use yet. Mm. Um, so they came out and said, Hey, everyone, we are going to now save the industry and every store is going to have to sign up with us. And we are going to start selling the digital comics so fans can buy them digitally at full price and then when they come out as physical copies you'll get them from your store you've already paid it's like prepaying for your comic but you can read them right now and fans said wow that seems like a win-win situation mm -hmm. and retailers said digital comics what no we don't want them you to get a read taste a of that. Oh, if they if they snort a little of that, they're gonna want it all the time. <clears throat> they're gonna so find out a, it's not so bad. Yeah, there was an immediate and relentless backlash from retailers saying we don't want to encourage our customers to read digital comics. Which to me, I I don't I don't know. There's you know, there's the constant debate of are they even the same readers? People who read digital aren't picking up a weekly list from a store and vice versa so i don't i don't know that but there was worry that it would turn those people like wow this is really convenient you know and there was the 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 idea of how does this even work how you know dc really you know we're in quarantine for three months there's six issues of batman you've read digitally when we get out of this then what happens they just ship them all to us in the same week you know how, you know, and I have to keep track of what you bought. Like, how does any of this work? Plus, your stores, the software is like $400 or something for a store. Mm. Plus a monthly fee I would have to pay to keep up with it. Oh, so well, it's basically this company saying, subscribe to our software in order to keep, in order to keep afloat. So it's like we're replacing one monopoly with another. So I, I saw the pros and the cons. But then it came out, and the, 24 hours later, the whole deal was dead. They announced this. They hadn't talked to anyone. They didn't have any deals in place. Like, they didn't have DC and Marvel signed up with it. They just said, we're going to do this. And everyone said, well, wh who do you have on board? They're like, well, we'll, we'll get everybody eventually. And, and this wasn't Michael K. Easton. <laughs> in the look before you leap uh, scenario, <laughs> this was an Easton level leap. We've got these cool Comic Hub t-shirts. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> so yeah, that launched a whole new digital debate of saying, well, all these comics are written and drawn and lettered and sitting there. Why can't you just release them digitally? Well, you'll offend the retailers. But, you know, Disney and AT&T have spent money on this stuff and they're not getting any revenue. Like why should a company not cash in on what they have 
just to, you know, why should you sacrifice one stream of revenue to keep a, let's admit it, an antiquated, <laughs> you know, slowly dying stream of revenue happy? Mm. But that's a debate uh, might be a, more complicated than we can solve. So we just sort of sat here for a month and tried to figure things out and twiddle our thumbs and 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 some stores did the, the curbside stuff. A lot of people scrambled to do the mail order. Um, so DC announced that's it. We're doing a, we're having a new distributor. And once again, half the retailers said, "Great, break up the diamond monopoly." And half of them said, "How in the world is this going to happen? I don't have. I'm not able to do two orders." Blah blah. blah. So they announced they're going to have Lunar Distribution and UCS Comic Distributors, and they broke it out geographically. So everyone on the West Coast used one of them. Everyone on the East Coast used another one, and they were going to start putting out comics at the end of April. Well, within a half an hour. The sleuths on the internet realized through email addresses and IP addresses, these two distributors were actually Midtown Comics and DCBS.com, the discount comic book services, who are the two largest retailers of comic books in the world who sell mail order discounted comic books. So these are the competition of every comic shop on the world. And then it was like, why were you trying to hide that? Why why was it a secret? Why did you use a different name for them and like pretend like it was these new companies? So it just seemed shady right off the bat. So there are retailers that said, I will never place an order with a comp with competition like that. And then it gives them an unfair advantage. And there are other retailers who said, look, they have the infrastructure. These people ship out millions of comics a month. They've got the shipping and the packaging down, but you know it's they don't have to build it from scratch. So instead of mailing it right to a consumer, they can mail it pretty easily to another shop. Let's go for it. I need comics. Sell them to me. So again, no, no two comic companies can uh, can agree on it on anything. But uh, yeah, so that was supposed to start in April, and like the first shipment had I think five comics. Three of them were reprints. And it was not, you know, we're not getting Batman immediately like this. This was just sort of the test the waters and get out there and see what was going on. Um, so that has been going on for a couple weeks. That shifts the new release day to Tuesday. So companies who order through these people can start selling them on Tuesday to match up with like the bookstore market. New books go on sale on Tuesday. And it's just a way to have everything on the same day. Um, so that has created a lot of confusion. I've had customers saying, wait, I'm seeing, is that, you know, online it's saying Catwoman's on sale. Are you open? It's like, no, I'm not getting it. I'll, but I will get it later. You know, they promised any, you know, they're, they're sticking with Diamond. So any order already placed will be filled later. So it's just, it's, I don't know. I'm not mad at DC for doing it, but it's just created a whole lot of confusion in the market. And made customers, you know, it's, it's created the ha kind of the haves and the have-nots. So, I don't know. Every other company decided we'll just stick it out together and we'll do it, you know, <laughs> we'll do it as one. And DC kind of went out on their own. So, I don't know. I'm not terribly pleased with DC at the moment. 
especially because like we're all getting ready to go back. A lot of the states are starting to reopen, and Diamond is officially announced May twentieth will be the first shipment back. So DC had basically like three weeks. They created all these problems, and they announced again. They announced it on a Friday, and you had until Monday to to do your final orders. And they had no kind of contracts. They had they couldn't tell you what the shipping costs were, returnability, your terms, your fees. Not there was nothing. There was nothing ready. You just had to sign up and say, "Here's my credit card info. Send me some comics." So it was all just a rush job. It was all confusing. And it was all for three weeks. They couldn't just wait three weeks like everyone else. So, yeah. So, Diamond, Wednesday, the 20th, we're going to start getting comics in stores again. Uh, Marvel's going to start on the 27th. And they are alternating. They are alternating between comics one week and graphic novels the next week. <laughs> I'd say I'm trying to wrap no, up. No, no. I don't know what's going on in, in my garage right now with this light. It's horrible for an audio show, but yeah, we're entertaining ourselves with flashlights. So, as it stands right now, Diamond is back on May 20th. They will be shipping weekly from then on. Um, it'll be pretty small shipments to begin with, so don't expect. You know, your normal weekly haul of comics. Uh, Marvel's, Marvel's first shipment is May 27th, and they're only releasing five or six titles. And the way they're doing it, they're going every other week. So on May 27th, you're getting five or six comics. The Wednesday after that, they're releasing five or six trade paperbacks and no single comics at all. And then alternate one week of comics, one week of trades, clear through June. So it's not going to be to almost July until, you know, Marvel's back. Your normal norm normality will return. Right. So, so like I said, we we had all this problem, all these troubles, and just for for DC to get a three week jump on things, and <laughs> there's already a little bit of pettiness because you know there all the public releases were. DC is still a trusted, loving partner of Diamond, and we're still working together, blah, blah, blah. But they, Diamond, zeroed out all the orders for every retailer. And they said, okay, anything you order from DC, your levels now say zero. So if you want to change it, you got to go back in and reorder everything. And then Diamond sent an email saying, no, they didn't. Every, every order is still placed. You're good. And then DC sent another email saying, no, we totally zeroed all your orders. So, yeah, I had to go back in after placing all the orders and re-up everything and look, okay, I, I was ordering this many copies of this, so do I still need that many? So I basically had to do the order twice. And then yeah. Diamond was very petty. They went back. They do the like these gems of the month. They put a little icon beside something. If it's like going to be a big book or a hot seller, something you should take a closer look at. And Diamond apparently went in and cut all the gems off of all of DC's books. Right. So no, so DC gets no uh, spotlight preferential treatment anymore. Yep, so everything's get... still the world's still turning. Right, right. <laughs> we can all we can all be petty. There's still room enough uh, for petty. Right up till the end. Yep. <laughs> all right, so that's where we are now. Like like Cliff said earlier, 
we're in Ohio. We're, we're opening up May 12th. A lot of states are. A lot of states aren't. So who knows what's going to happen in the comic industry from here on out. Uh, but we're going to try our best to get back to normalcy. And uh, and a group a group of retailers came together. So here, here I wanted to get you guys' opinions on this. And they created a document about how to fix the direct market. So this came out on, let me see here. It was April 11th. News broke about this. So like a lot of things, people are saying, you know, when all this is over, are things going to change or is it all going to back, go back to normal? You know, should we try to fix some of the things we don't like <laughs> about the world? And try to make things better or we just want to get back to exactly how it was so the retailers in a fit of optimism have come through and they, they're trying to figure out how to make the comic industry a better place in the aftermath of all this so they had a bunch of retailers add in things they want to see and kind of came up with i don't want to say a ransom like ransom demands but that's kind of what it is so a lot of them were you know retailer specific obviously um, so I, I didn't, I didn't write down everything, but I'll hit some of the highlights here. Um, they want everything listed in previews must have all the art present because a lot of the things we order, we just, you know, they'll, they'll change at the last minute. They don't want any more surprises at the order deadline or switching covers. Like the cover artist, they tell us is one art, but they switch it at the end and it's not. And any publishers, uh, we have a thing called the final order cutoff. So three weeks before something goes to print, we have a chance to adjust our orders. But that's not for every publisher. Some of the smaller publishers, you know, they want you to just place your order two months in advance, and then it goes through. They think everyone should be on, on this final order cutoff. Uh, flat rate for shipping, training for the ways to, to pack and ship boxes, uh, returnability as a common practice. Anything that's weekly, they want to make 100% returnable because it's really hard to judge sales demand on a weekly series until you're already committed to three or four issues. Uh, they want titles delayed more than two weeks past the date. Can't, uh, can't be listed on final order cutoff. Late shipping products should be made returnable with no fees. Uh, anything that changes price should be returnable. Uh, streamline previews back down to a single catalog. Uh, make it simpler to read because as of right now, Marvel and DC have their own catalog. So to order from the catalog, you have to get three different catalogs and combine them all together. Why? So that's, Why is that's that? The, Why was it like that? I, I Marvel did it first. Uh, I think just to they could sell them separately for like seventy five cents or give them away. And then DC followed suit. So I, I don't know if you're just. You know, I, I do have customers who just order one company or the other. So I guess instead right. of buying a full copy of previews, you can buy a smaller one. But yeah, it is just a little bit uh, inconsiderate. So those are the retailer inside baseball sort of things. But then they had a couple that – I don't know. I don't know how I feel about these. Delay digital release. Instead of doing a day and date thing, they want it more like movies where you know movies come out digitally months after they're in theaters. I don't know that that makes sense for comic books, you know, to punish, you know, do we punish a digital reader? <laughs> well, hmm, that's interesting. What, what kind of leverage do they have? All these demands. 
uh, well, we're the retailers and we're the important cog in the machine. Yeah, it's never meant anything before. Well, that's the idea. Well, there's this whole thing, you know, retailers saved the direct market in the 80s as, you know, uh, grocery stores and, and, you know, magazine racks were disappearing and they couldn't sell that way. So it was the retailers who saved everything. But there's just as big a change nowadays. Like if if Marvel or DC can sell a digital book direct to a consumer without cutting someone else in on the deal, why would they? Like, what do they owe us? You know, a lot, there's yeah. a lot of idea that they owe us something, but I, I don't know that that's the case. Now, isn't it like that Marvel app you can subscribe to for a small fee? Aren't the comics on it like six months behind it already? I believe that's I believe that's how they do it. Yeah, and and I've had like I've had access to DC Universe um in the past year, and most well, those are fairly some of those are fairly new, but for the most part, um, they're they're older comics. So, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Like Comicsology or I know the Kindle used to do some comics. I, I don't know, or if that's all one thing now. I'm not sure. I don't do I don't do digital, but yeah, I just. <laughs> The, but, you know, digital changed music and streaming movies and TV shows immediately and forever. It hasn't mm-hmm. quite done that with comics yet. If it ever will, I don't know. But it's, I don't know. It's a, So it's sort of different from those other formats, but it's also not. It's, it's, it should be wider available and an easier, easier to get and cheaper, too. There's no reason digital comics should cost as much as a print comic, again, except to not have not be yelled at by retailers that you're cheating somehow it's definitely different and when you're reading something it's it i'm sure it's put a dent in comics just like it did in books but still there's too high of a percentage of people that still want hard copies of those things right compared to music or or but but doesn't um I feel like the more exposure, the more availability out there helps everybody. I mean, no, I in, in my mind. That was one of the early arguments. The more digital comics, the more kids will read them, which I don't know <laughs> that's really happened yet. R- right. But yeah, it's a real yeah. shame because to to a kid, to and if they were able to see that spinner rack, in the grocery store every week with mom and be able to still pick up one, that would be a, you know, more of an asset to the industry, I would think. But uh, uh, my, I see how much time my kids spend on a tablet or with some sort of screen in front of their face. I, I don't know. Well, that's another entry on this list here. A push for promotions aimed at kids and teens. And awareness about what exactly can be found in the shop every Wednesday. Uh, right now, we right. pay a fee to get Tuesday delivery, and that fee is to pay for secret shoppers to come in and make sure we're not breaking the street date and selling early. So they said that fee should be used to create a promotion and advertisement pool that can be used to just generally promote comics. You yeah, know, like beef is uh, like for uh, dinner. There should be ads like comics. They still exist. <laughs> Go check them out. Right. Yeah. This whole selling early, is that, I mean, I'm sure people do it, but who, 
how can that be like this big problem? I don't. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think so. it's as big a problem. Yeah, I pay four dollars like every week as a fee, and then I'll go the into, money. into a pool for secret shopping. Yeah, and the shoppers are supposed to tell you, "Oh, they found your shop neat and tidy. That the person working there was helpful." But you know, I know I I can perf- I can do my own uh, performance review. I don't. I don't. Yeah, they're they're not there for that. They're the, just there to bust somebody. They're yeah. made, there to make their four dollars. Right. They need to spend that on advertising. That's part of the problem is that there's not a ton of advertising outside of the the comic market. So when a new comic comes out, they do a press release. It's on Newsarama and Bleeding Cool and all the sites you know fans go to. Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, is it the Hollywood Reporter? (laughs) Is it Entertainment Weekly? Is it the you know is it out there in the world? Is it on Nickelodeon? You know is the is it where the Adult Swim is where the kids are today. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds to me like a bunch of demands that sound great, but I don't see what kind of any more weight they have to throw around than any other time. So they also want a longer delay between single issues and trade paperbacks, which again seems just kind of petty as a way to there's this idea that you know reading a monthly comic is the right way to do it. Right. And any variation from that, if you wait for the trade, you're bad for the industry. We just talked about Saga, how much better it was to yeah. just enjoy it. And it's trying to force people, you know, read that collectible comic every Wednesday. And like you, you know, some people prefer to read it digitally or prefer a trade. So right. I don't know. Making it harder for someone to read a comic never seems like a great idea. I don't know. A uh, few more. They ha- they want fewer variants, which I can't argue with. It has increased my time to order stuff so much, having to scroll through 17 variants for every issue and making sure I ordered at least one of the right thing and not one of the wrong. You know, oh, I ordered cover G instead of cover A or whatever. It's 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 ridiculous. Um, they ask that a single issue story or a one shot be clearly labeled in the solicitations instead of trying to use number one issue as bait to trick people. And that I can definitely agree with that because when I order a lot of things from previews, I don't know if I'm ordering it, but I don't know if it's a mini series or an ongoing mm-hmm. or purposefully. They've done that yeah, purposefully. Right. Or that it'll be something that'll just it's supposed to be an ongoing, but it's going to get canceled at six, and they'll say, "Well, it was always a miniseries." So I, yeah, I, and I, I think more one shots and limited series are better. Uh, yeah, the next one. Not every issue of an on, not every issue of an ongoing comic needs to be a twelve issue story. A decent percentage of product should be one and done storytelling to extend the shelf life and increase sales to new customers. So I, yeah, just as a casual reader, it's definitely a lot easier to, to, to you know, pick up something that's a, just a one shot. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, I mean, that that's true there. I, I agree with that. There could be more of those. It doesn't mean you still don't have the other, you know, the long arcing story. Um, but yeah, why, why not? Uh, rethink trades beyond volume four. The possibility of not collecting every single arc in a trade format. The idea of that sales decline, you know, volume one sells here, 
volume two sells a little bit less and the longer you go the less the sales are and is really is every comic ever written worth <laughs> preserving forever in the trade format some would argue no uh, somebody else suggested someone like you <laughs> uh, somebody else suggests oh, and then well they also the idea is make them count if you're doing a volume you know they sometimes print four or five issues and the trade paperbacks are so thin you might as well you know mm -hmm. collect a 12 issue and you know make them more put more meat on the bone yeah. instead of putting out 50 volumes or something, just put out a couple that are really a little more substantial. Um, there's a suggestion of a Shonen jump type model, like the, the Japanese manga, you know, they put out the thick, you know, hundreds of pages every month, uh, just an anthology do it even could be black and white, but just keep it cheap, like nine 99 or something standalone issues from the top creators. They want, Again, just more standalone things that, that can be easily digested. We'll have to read it backwards. <laughs> that is your choice. And last one I got, they want a line of dollar comics with original content from the publishers. The dollar reprints I have do really well. The Marvel and DC have been an image as well. I've been publishing either first issues or you know key issues, important appearances. And they do them for a dollar. And they're yeah. on glossy paper. They're full size. I don't know if they're losing money <laughs> selling stuff for a dollar. But having something just for a buck that a parent can pick up. Or right. you can, well, there's only a couple comics this month. Let me grab a couple dollar ones just to try something new. Yeah. I, I don't know. That that could be a, a huge benefit. But yeah, those, those were a great idea. So those are our demands. Right, we need them yeah. in an hour. They are shaking in their boots. And a billion dollars in unmarked bills. And a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and a bus. Yeah. And a rocket. <laughs> but yeah, I I I can see as a you know, I'm a fan as well. I'm a retailer. But I can see the the like it does feel like we're trying to do a reverse hostage situation. Like we're trying to hold these billion dollar companies hostage to do things the way we want them done. And I don't know how long-term sustainable that is. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't know how long before they find you dead in your cell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not messing with the mouth. But yeah. Like it's, that's their characters. It's their intellectual property. And it's like, again, there's sort of this old mindset of this is how comics are done. And if you deviate from it, you're doing it wrong. I don't know. Things are kind of at a low point right now. Right. Even without, even without the pandemic. So why not try some new stuff? Do some new, new exciting things. I'm, I'm open to it. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take more than murder hornets to get them to change. Maybe they can train the murder hornets to deliver comics house to house. <laughs> no there has to be um some good has to come out of this there has they have to be open to something trying something new something a little different to you know, it's very similar um with these big corporations you know like disney with the travel industry oh, you know like like disney that owns disney. marvel you know 
but, say but, this. It's but, relevant, Seth. It's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> but to the travel industry, a lot of times, um, when things are going great, Disney just, they could care less about these small companies that sell their product. But every time something huge like right now happens, boy, they can't wait to help out those those travel agents out there to try and get them on board to start selling their product again. Here's some discounts. Here's some, you know, rah, rah. And, and you guys are the lifeblood. And it, until, you know, everything's great again, then, you know, we're nothing. Finally bringing him around, Jordan. He's, <laughs> he's make a, him as cynical as us one of these. See him behind the curtain. But yeah, I see, like, if someone at, say, for example, Disney, looks at two, two <laughs> columns of numbers and realizes we can make the same or more money selling direct-to-consumer or you know, digitally or some kind of streaming platform or subscription-based, yeah. whatever, or we can make the less amount of money selling direct-to-retailers. You know, I've said this years ago, and people jumped down my throat, that I could see Marvel Marvel just stop publishing comics. Like if it's if it's not a you know a yeah. financial decision. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> trying to end up about to jump down your throat. Are you gonna end it on that? I've never heard this theory. Wow, and I've listened to you for a while. You sure you've said this before? Yeah, I've said it. <laughs> sure. But like their their profit motive is in characters and intellectual property. Like yes, they could you know they they farmed out all the Disney books to Dark Horse for a while. No wait, I'm backwards. Dark Horse had them. Right. Forget that. Strike that from the record. Uh, They farmed out the Star Wars stuff currently to IDW. With all the kids stuff, and all their they're doing all their kid friendly books from IDW because kid friendly books. They they they're they're important. They 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 there's you know they say a lot of stuff like we need to reach the kids, but they don't sell really well, and they don't take them that they don't take them that seriously. So they just let IDW do them as licensed books. So what you know, GI Joe, Transformers, Star Wars, all these things we're familiar with as licensed properties. How is Spider Man or Superman any different from those? Like. These companies could just license these to someone else and not deal with the headache of all this nonsense. And just hmm. keep on making billions of dollars with movies and video games and streaming. Like what I'm not telling them they should, but you know, I, I could see it getting to that point. But in that scenario, there's still co- comics with those characters. Right, right. Somebody but else. Just, you know, why, I thought you were it, just saying there were no more comics. Oh no. There will there will always be versions of these characters but yeah like well for as long as the for as long as we have left right. <laughs> always has a whole new meaning before the more <laughs> before, at least until the murder hornets take over right let's hope they they read comics yeah. <laughs> but yeah i i so my so, hope is my optimism is that people will have taken this month off to reevaluate and think and like, I hope that people missed comics and missed going to their local shop and missed talking about all this stuff. And then it kind of reinvigorates and wants people to, you know, 
dive dive into these classics they may have missed or get back into the comics they were loving and like that it's not a negative thing that we've all learned we don't need them that it's made absence has made the heart grow fonder let's let's end that is so funny i said that today uh uh, behind the scenes nick nick had broke up with his girlfriend well she broke up with him the world is finding this out about a month ago or whatever and now she's come crawling back and he is deciding whether he cares or not i said you guys got some mixed metaphors going on she's all absence makes the heart grow fonder and you're all out of sight out of mind (laughs) (laughs) so that's where we are we are not we are the lovesick teenagers of of the world that's where the comic industry is right now and we'll figure it out at some point hey i'm all absence makes the heart grow fonder i need to get in there and get some bucks but yeah thanks for indulging me i just wanted to get that out of my brain and like put my thoughts in order and figure out where where we were and keep a record of how insane this past month was it's a blur the whole thing is a blur to me yes (laughs) (laughs) i I was i was saying to you know nick i was like i can't even what is it like to never leave like what it's it's crazy i mean days just (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it it, after about a week it just kind of became the new normal but it's never really normal because it's uh, we're we're here all the time we're around each other all the time and and that's not bad like we all get along just fine but it, it we develop yeah, when new, you're in the garage when i'm in the garage yeah <laughs> they're turning the light on, the on and off on me um <laughs> you know somebody's just in there flipping the switch <laughs> but uh yeah, I, my thinking is like you know five years from now well, I'll be, hey, remember that month where we never left the house? Like, I won't be able to remember. Yeah, you'll be saying that from the screen of your mobile unit that you sent out into the world. Right. Talking to my screen. Yeah. Is, wasn't that weird? <laughs> that thing that happened? <laughs> that was so weird. Logging See you later, Clark. <laughs> Keep them coming, Gleep Glop. <laughs> All right, well, that's the comic industry in a nutshell. We don't know what's happening or how long it will last, but we hope everything's well. Thank you for listening, everyone. We will back. We'll be back shortly with more from Kapow. My name is Jordan Love. I'm Cliff Barnes. That I forever. Kapow, the pop cultured podcast, is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow the Pop Podcast at gmail.com. 
If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udownwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share.